When you're talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. I can't seem to find the crime, and honestly, no one has testified of what crime they believe the president of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the shitter to me. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrage now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. Raise a little hell, raise a little hell. I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. If you are new to the show, here's the deal. On my website, you will find links to every site associated with this show, in particular, links to all my social media sites, on four of which we both broadcast this show live and archive the shows. But let me make it easy and boil it all down to one. On my website, click on the YouTube link. Once there, click on the link that says live, whereupon you can either watch the show live or view the archive shows. Also, if you would, Click on the subscribe link. 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to talk on the radio later, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal. In each and every show we do, lock him up. And you know... While watching my Kansas City Chiefs play in the New York Jets yesterday and seeing Taylor Swift show up for the second time to cheer on Chiefs receiver Travis Kelsey with her all-star entourage that included Blake Lively, her husband Ryan Reynolds, along with Wolverine star Hugh Jackman, it occurred to me this is Travis Kelsey's world now and the rest of us are all just living in it. I also want to mention quickly, on Friday's show, I played some of the gems I was able to garner from the hapless, worthless, and unable-to-govern QOP and their both bogus and embarrassing first quote-unquote impeachment hearing on Thursday, the day after the first equal, er, the equally embarrassing second QOP debate. So much winning! But here's the deal. When you do a daily show, there isn't enough time in one evening to watch an entire six-hour hearing, which was how long that impeachment hearing sham lasted. Six friggin' hours. If I had watched it in its entirety, then went back and recorded clips to use in the next day's show, and then written my, my always stimulating commentary, I wouldn't have gotten any sleep at all Thursday night. However... 
over the weekend, I did indeed watch not all, but a lot of that hearing. And I did watch pretty much all of the Democrats' presentations, and I couldn't help but notice and be impressed by the number of young, energetic, and passionate Democrats we now have in office. And some of them, I'd never heard their names before that hearing. I predict we'll hear a lot more from them going forward. In fact, I'm reaching out to them to get them on this show. And I had this rather uplifting feeling that if we continue to find gems like this, this country cannot help but be in good hands. My gal Jasmine Crockett, Jared Moskowitz, Melanie Stansbury, all three of whom we heard from on Friday and will again possibly tomorrow. Summer Lee, Greg Kassar, who was the fourth youngest member of Congress at 33 years of age, whose blockbuster presentation we will hear today. Then, of course, there's AOC, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, the second youngest legislator, also at 33. And finally, Maxwell Frost, who is the youngest member of Congress at just 26 years of age. Take my word. These Democrats are rising stars in the only sane and patriotic political party left in this country. Now, conversely, a man who has almost single-handedly redefined the term humanitarian, former Democratic President Jimmy Carter, he turned 99 just yesterday. And bless his peanut-picking heart. The second thing I noticed was in most of the clips I played for you on Friday, yeah, they were definitely highlights and gems, but I discovered that there were other things those same people had said that were equally, if not more, impressive. That said, the presentation we're going to zero in on today comes from someone we did not hear from on Friday, the aforementioned fourth youngest member of Congress, Greg Kassar. And in my not always humble opinion, Kassar's presentation and the question it led up to produced what I thought was the most critically telling moment of the entire hearing. And we'll get to it shortly. It is both shocking and revealing and gives us real world dwellers even more clarity as to what we are truly up against in this country politically with today's traitorous QOP. But first, I want to begin by introducing a segment I'm going to call Today in Classy Conservatism. And this pertains to the death of Democratic Senator from California, Diane Feinstein, last Thursday evening. One Michigan company, a gun company, immediately announced that it would offer free shipping on ammunition to customers in California to celebrate, to celebrate Feinstein's death. Michigan's Phoenix Ammunition, spelled F-E-N-I-X, Phoenix Ammunition, exploited Feinstein's death with a good riddance promotion that it said would run through Halloween. This is what they tweeted, quote, to celebrate the death of Senator Feinstein, we're offering free shipping on ammunition to California customers today through October 31st. Simply select Good Riddance Diane at checkout. Evil authoritarians should be mocked in death the same as they are in life, no quarter. End quote. And after you'd made your order, it was time to click on the free shipping link. It said, quote, shipping method. Free, good riddance, Diane Feinstein, end quote. Now, I don't think it's a stretch that this company and owner are Trumpers. And for a Trumper to call someone else an authoritarian, it both beggars belief and destroys credulity completely. And while something like this is indeed shocking, can anyone say they are surprised? Didn't we real-world dwellers learn long ago that there is no bottom with Trump and his MAGA base? Indeed, we did. That said, while shocking but not surprising, it is disgusting. It is repulsive, ghoulish, and loathsome. And I think it goes far beyond just average, normal, inappropriate speaking ill of the dead. 
And what else I thought was equally, equally repugnant was, last time I checked on Saturday, this tweet announcing this heinous promotion had received thousands and thousands and thousands of likes on Twitter. Now, this quote-unquote promotion and open mocking of Feinstein's death drew condemnation from many people who came across it. One response on Twitter said, quote, if you're a believer in Christ, you will pray for her instead, end quote. The company wrote back, forgiveness is between her and God, end quote. And then, then the company doubled down on its celebration of Feinstein's passing. Phoenix Ammunition wrote, quote, Diane Feinstein would have sent an ATF kill squad to your house and murdered your entire family for refusing to surrender your AR-15. If it was up to her, and she, she would not have shed a tear. So you can spare me the talk of forgiveness and civility. End quote. Wow. I mean, just wow. And they sent these rounds out in a bag with Feinstein's picture on the bag, and they called them, quote, rest in peace, Feinstein rounds, end quote. Someone tweeted at the company, quote, bags of ammunition with Diane Feinstein's face on them. You are all some low-life mother effers, end quote. To which the company responded, yeah, but at least we're good at it, end quote. I mean, are you starting to see why I have no qualms proudly announcing from time to time how much I absolutely unequivocally hate these people? And why I've always said the right's claim to have an exclusivity on Christianity has always been a sacrilegious and blasphemous lie? And whether you came up with this revolting idea or you were one of the thousands who liked it, Somewhere along the line, you failed miserably at life. And speaking of mother effers, that brings us to the orange countless times disgraced Donald Trump. He was speaking at the California QOP convention on Friday. And let me ask you, which policy of his do you think he spent the most time on? Hmm? If you said himself, you would be correct. But no worries, we know his brain-dead MAGA-base cares not one whit about policy. Therefore, he can get away with drivel like this ad nauseum, which he has for years now. I'll say it a little bit differently, because we would win California in a general election if they didn't have a rigged voting system. It's a rigged system, and it's a shame that it's been allowed to go on for so long. It's really sad. Every time I come here, we have the biggest crowds, and then I'm told automatically that if you're a Republican running for president, you'll lose by five to ten points. We don't lose by five to ten. Maybe some others would, but we're not going to lose by five. We're going to win. We would win. But the state is rigged. It's a rigged election. It's a horrible thing, and we have to turn it back. This is a state that the right Republican can win, and I think actually win easily. No way we lose this state in a real election. If this was a real election, there's no way. But when we win, we're going to come in here and you're going to straighten out your election because we need fair and free elections in this country and California doesn't have it. But the rigged election has to be solved by you, the people, and we're going to start working on it right now. But I want to put those thoughts in your head. When I'm president, that will be a primary focus, your election. I don't know why more people aren't bringing that up and talking about it. Yep. One, still lying about the election. Two, still destroying people's confidence in one of the main hallmarks of our democracy, our free and fair election system. And three, not giving a continental damn about any of that, because it is always ever only about him and him alone. And if what he desires will destroy this country and lead to unheralded violence, doesn't worry him a bit. In fact, that's what he's hoping for, proved by the number of times he blatantly incites it. But yeah, the only reason Trump didn't win California in the general election was because their election is rigged. 
And people are actually willing to waste a couple precious hours of their lives that they will never get back, not only listening to this drivel, but cheering and applauding for it. And here's the element of this lie that proves it's a lie and more proof that Trump's brain-dead base is just that, brain-dead. And this question is for you Trumpers, and I expect an answer. Call me. Don't make me come over there. And I'll even speak slowly so you can grasp what I'm saying. Does anyone think... Oh, too slow? Does anyone honestly think if Trump had any actual evidence, not conspiracy theories that have been debunked by even judges he appointed, but actual evidence, and he's had almost three years to amass it, don't you think he would have done something about it by now, like maybe bring a case or something, instead of just talking and lying about it and wondering why more people aren't talking about it? Of course he would. Trump will bring a case about anything. He sued Bill Maher for $5 million because Maher said he would donate that amount to a charity of Trump's choice if Trump could prove he wasn't the spawn of his mother having sex with an orangutan. Maher went on to surprise Trump's favorite charity might be either, quote, the Hair Club for Men or the Institute for Incorrigible Douchebaggery, end quote. As for what ultimately happened with that lawsuit, what often happens, what usually happens with all the frivolous lawsuits Trump files, he withdrew it. And at the time, Trump said he he planned on filing an amended lawsuit in the future. And of course, he never did. That said, Trump will file a frivolous lawsuit like that, but he won't file one over being denied a presidential victory? Again, if he had even one morsel of evidence that he could claim as actual evidence, of course he would. And yet the rubes, dupes, and suckers in his base who still believe Trump's lies and believe he has a case apparently have never asked themselves that question because that's not what cult members do. And by the way, when Trump withdrew that lawsuit, it was reported at the time that no reason was given for the withdrawal. Oh, oh, I have a guess, because it was a dumbass stupid lawsuit, which of course didn't stop King Dumbass from filing it, just from going through with it. And perhaps the reason why Trump's base has never asked themselves that question is because even they and their severely challenged mental state would be able to answer it correctly. And then their entire Trump house of cards would tumble to the ground, and what would they do then? I mean, really, I don't know. How does one recover from having been so anxious to proudly demonstrate their unadulterated ignorance and stupidity for the entire world to see? It's a mystery to me. And speaking of which... How many times have you heard me call Trump's brain-dead mega-cult base the dregs of society and the lowest common denominator of human nature? Example, this is something else that drooled from the orange skid mark's mouth. What they've done is they've gone after opponents so that if you become president or some other job, but if you become president and you don't like somebody or if somebody's beating you by 10, 15, or 20 points like we're doing with Crooked Joe Biden. Let's indict the motherfucker. Let's indict. <laughs> you see, they're sitting there like proverbial bumps on a log. But when the carrot-colored clown uses profanity, as they say in the entertainment business, and ooh-ah, the crowd went wild. I can only wonder what his Christmas card is going to be. Merry Merry effing Christmas, mother effers. Applause, applause, applause. And his base, who goes along with the annual war on Christmas phony culture war farce, would be just fine with that. Oh, look, he's bringing back Merry effing Christmas again. Idiots. 
hillbillies and rednecks, the, pers- the perfect personification of even more people who have completely failed at life. Two of Trump's brain-dead base were sitting on their front porch. A neighborhood dog trots up, sits on their front lawn, and starts licking himself you-know-where. The one Trump supporter said, man, I wish I could do that. And the other Trump supporter said, well, maybe if you pet him first. Later in the conversation, the one Trump supporter said to the other, Gary, I reckon I'm, I'm due for another vacation, only this year I'm going to do it differently. The last few years, I took your advice about where to go. Three years ago, you said go to Hawaii. I went to Hawaii, and Susan got pregnant. Two years ago, you told me to go to Mexico, and Susan got pregnant again. Last year, you suggested the Bahamas, and damned if Susan didn't get pregnant again. So Gary asked, so Eddie, what are you going to do this year that's different? And Eddie says, this year I'm taking Susan with me. And did you hear about the Trump-supporting couple who had six kids? The husband thought it was cute if he started calling his wife mother of six. One day he shouted, hey, mother of six, grab me a beer. She ignored him. Shortly after, he shouts again, hey, mother of six, I told you to grab me a beer. She ignores him again. And finally, he shouts, hey, mother of six, are you deaf? I keep asking you to grab me a beer. And his wife replies, I'm busy. Get it yourself, father of two. Another Trump supporter takes his teenage daughter to see a gynecologist. The doctor finally sees them and asks, well, what are we here for today? The father says, to get my daughter on birth control, doc. The doctor says, is your, is your daughter sexually active? And the Trumper replies, no, she just lays there like her mother. And then there was the Trump supporter who unknowingly married a virgin. On their wedding night, the new bride changes into a sexy outfit and lies on the bed. She looks up sheepishly at her new hubby and whispers, please be gentle with me, I'm a virgin. Well, the Trumper jumps up screaming, grabs his trousers, and races home to tell his father. His father looks at his son and says, don't worry, son, you made the right decision. If she wasn't good enough for her own family, then she isn't good enough for ours. And finally, you know what Trump supporters spend the first two weeks of the school year doing? Studying the Miranda rights. And you know how you can tell if two Trump supporters married each other? There are chewing tobacco stains on both sides of their pickup truck. But back to Trump's obscene appearance at the QOP convention in Anaheim, California. This was another gem that drooled from his lips. But in places where there is a true breakdown in the rule of law, such as Oakland. Oh, Oakland is so bad. I will use every power at my disposal. But it's not Oakland. It's in Los Angeles. It's all over. I mean, it's terrible. It's in places that you wouldn't even believe. But I will use every Everything I can, every single power at my disposal, including sending as many federal law enforcement assets as required to restore safe safety and peace. And we will immediately stop. And some people are going to say, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe. You know, these people are killing people when they go into the source. You'll have 300 young people who are not looking for a good future walk into a store, big department store, and just pillage it. And if you happen to be there when they're there, they'll knock the hell out of you and kill you in some cases. And we will immediately stop all of the pillaging and theft. Very simply, if you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot as you are leaving that store. Shot. And so, Donald Trump's bloodlust continues. He is telling his brain-dead mega cult base exactly what he's going to do and become, a lawless authoritarian dictator with absolutely zero respect 
for the very crazy glue that holds this country together and allows it to function as a democracy, the rule of law. No arrest, no trial, just shoot the mother effers when they leave the store. And what happens if you happen to burp in public? You just lose an arm? And did you catch the underlying, hardly unspoken element of what he said? This guy would try and send the U.S. military to shoot American citizens. Book it, Dano. And not that he's capable of any deep or nuanced thinking, but Trump is saying if someone steals a can of beans to feed their children, they should be shot and killed as they leave the store. Now, no one is going to say that shoplifting or stealing is okay, but it is not a crime that should ever be punishable by death, for God's sake, and only an unhinged and deranged lunatic would even suggest it was. Donald Trump's list of people he wants executed grows every day. Just in the last week, high-ranking officers in our military, journalists who dare report on him truthfully, and now shoplifters. Does it really need to be said this is, oh, I don't know, unconstitutional? And to hear the leading presidential candidate of one of the two major parties in this country calling for shoplifters to be shot? Cannot be anything but shocking. However, considering Trump has said he wants to terminate the Constitution, like our previous Feinstein story, it can hardly come as a surprise. And speaking of journalists, double and triple shame on the Associated Press. Check out this headline for their story that reported on this latest Trump atrocity. Quote, Trump animates California Republicans with calls to shoot people who rob stores. End quote. Seriously? Seriously? That's the best you could come up with? Were you tempted to write yay at the end of that headline? And then in the story they wrote, quote, his comments on crime were especially pointed. End quote. Pointed? Pointed? How about shameless, unconstitutional, illegal, and disqualifying? Shame on you, AP. Just shame on you. Some media entities have learned nothing since 2016, and they endanger this nation with their journalistic malfeasance and dereliction of duty. In the past, Trump has also advocated shooting migrants at the border. He also inquired about shooting American citizens, protesters during the George Floyd demonstrations. And this is the guy millions want back in charge of this country? Let me inform you of this reality. If you are willing to cheer and applaud someone who advocates for summary extrajudicial executions and you then start chanting his name, somewhere along the line, you too failed miserably at life. You are a broken human being with a hole where your soul used to be. And yet, and yet, get this, in a recent Harris X poll, 53% of Republicans said Donald Trump was a person of faith, and he was ahead of every other person on the list. Really? Now, Mike Pence was in a virtual tie at 52%, but Trump was miles ahead of every other Republican presidential candidate. Donald Trump, man of faith, Jesus Christ weeps. When Trump was a kid and his parents made him attend Sunday school, one day the Sunday school teacher asked him, who knocked down the walls of Jericho? Trump immediately responded, well, it wasn't me, that, that I can tell you. Believe me, believe me. Concerned about Trump's obvious ignorance of the Bible, the teacher called Trump's mother and told her what he'd asked her son and how he'd responded. Mrs. Trump said, look, my son's a good kid. If he says he didn't knock the wall down, he didn't knock it down. Even more worried, the teacher called Trump's father. His response, look, I don't want any trouble. Just tell me how much this wall costs and I'll take care of it. Mr. Trump then hung up, sat down, and tried to figure out who he could get to pay for the wall. And what's ironic about this? 48 hours after Donald Trump and his family were found guilty of fraud, a.k.a. stealing 
from the state of New York and multiple banks, etc., etc. He tells us he wants people who steal to be shot and killed. Shoplifting is a crime where the value of stolen items is what? Less than 500 bucks? Trump is accused of defrauding slash stealing billions. If he thinks people who steal a can of beans should be shot and killed, what should happen to him? As proved by the court's fraud decision last week, it is now clear Trump looted businesses, banks, insurance companies, FEMA, the IRS, the federal government, small businesses, the middle class, the working poor, and whom and whatever else you might want to add to that list. Not to mention, he shoplifted classified documents from the United States government. Shouldn't he be given the same punishment he is advocating for others, as in death? You can put me in the yes column. And where are Republicans? Where is their outrage? I'm kidding. They didn't say anything about Trump calling for four-star General Mark Milley to be executed. Why would they say anything about poor people being executed for shoplifting? I mean, the QOP hasn't ever exactly passed a, a bill for tax cuts for the poor. Now, have they? Meanwhile, that same QOP continues on a daily basis to single-handedly redefine the term dysfunctional, a.k.a. useless. Just yesterday, Matt Jailbait Gates announced this. I do intend to file a motion to vacate against Speaker McCarthy this week. I think we need to this rip week. off the Band-Aid. I think we need to move on with new leadership that can be trustworthy. Now, this was, of course, in response to McCarthy having relied on Democrats to pass a short-term spending measure, which we've come to know only too well as a continuing resolution, or CR. But also yesterday, Fox News reported that the QOP House members are supposedly preparing a motion to expel Gates if the Ethics Committee report comes back with findings of guilt. And for those who may not know, the House Ethics Committee, controlled by Republicans, has been investigating Gates since 2021 on allegations of campaign finance violations, taking bribes, using drugs, and oh, I don't know, maybe even allegations regarding sex trafficking with an underage girl. One House member told Fox, quote, no one can stand him at this point, a smart guy without morals, end quote which explains perfectly why Gates once said this about Trump. Quote, I love this president so much I may never love another president. End quote. Amoral sexual deviance of a feather commit heinous sexual crimes together. And let us not forget, Matt Jailbait Gates asked Trump for a pardon both before and after January 6th. And Roxanne Lucky, Gates' own sister-in-law, called him a pedophile. Damn, that's got to make Thanksgiving dinners awkward. Now, in all fairness, she changed her description of Gates from pedophile to a febophile, which refers to someone who is sexually attracted to those in mid to late adolescence, ages 15 to 19. Moving on up, Matt. <laughs> As for her sister being Gates's wife, Roxanne said, quote, She has been in therapy for years, and our family hopes that after receiving inpatient mental health treatment, she will overcome the tendency she has repeatedly shown to engage in destructive behavior. End quote. <laughs> Ouch! Thanksgivings aren't getting any better, y'all. Thanksgiving sucks. Thanksgiving sucks. Thanksgiving sucks. What a sad, pathetic, worthless, unpatriotic, traitorous, and miserable excuse for a political party today's QOP has become. To the point, it has gone too far. And in my not always humble opinion, cannot be saved. It must be completely destroyed and rebuilt. It must be burned to the ground, a hole dug in the ground, whereupon its ashes 
will be deposited. We'll call it the ash hole. More than ironic is the fact that the QOP is presently being controlled by the extreme, obnoxious, and traitorous MAGA faction that wants to burn everything else to the ground. If only we could get them to start with their own wretched party. As for his claim that not paying taxes makes him smart and the rights general claim that it's their money, it's not your money. Hold it. That it's not your money. It. Let me take that back again. I, I, I boo-booed in my notes here and even I couldn't understand him. As for his claim that not paying taxes makes him smart and the rights general claim that it's their money, no, it's not your money if it's money owed to the government in taxes. This guy has stolen from the taxpayers for well over a decade. And this is money that goes to fund all sorts of things that people are denied without the funding. Additionally, with him not paying the millions and millions of dollars that taxes are required on, it means everyone else has to pay more in taxes to make up for the shortfall. I mean, it's not rocket science. But as we know, Trump and his brain-dead MAGA cult base have zero decency. They don't honor the Constitution. They don't care about the equal application of the law, nor do they support law enforcement and the rule of law. And we are about to prove that in spades right now. And that brings us to the moment in the fictitious impeachment hearing from last Thursday I mentioned earlier. The person we're going to hear from is another young Democrat. I'd not heard his name before that hearing. His name is Greg Kassar. He's from Texas, and he begat one of the most shameful moments, I would say, in our nation's history, let alone that hearing. We'll work our way up to it. Mr. Chairman, you might recognize that quote because you said this in 2019. You said it on the floor of the U.S. House, saying impeaching Donald Trump was political theater. Trump was first impeached for attempting to extort a foreign president into helping the Trump presidential campaign. And if you didn't consider that criminal, how about when Trump was impeached trying to overthrow the the results of the presidential election and then incited a violent insurrection against the government? So if you thought that impeaching Trump was political theater, then what would you call this? This, this is a disgrace. And I hope that someday top Republican officials will find some integrity. Oh, snap. And of course, that question is rhetorical. Everybody knows integrity, honor, patriotism, and just good old-fashioned decency is anathema to today's QOP Trump publicans. Mr. Kassar continued, and in so doing, addresses our main theme on this show, that this hearing is just one more attack on our democracy. In the case of Trump, because you fear his social media wrath, right-wing officials will deny all evidence against Trump, come hell or high water. But in the case of President Joe Biden, you decided to start the impeaching now and figure out the whole evidence thing later. And you still haven't figured it out. Your own Republican-called witnesses today say they don't see the evidence to impeach President Joe Biden. Bunch of stuff about Hunter this, Hunter that, but they've said they don't see the evidence to impeach Joe Biden. That is a disgraceful double standard. It damages our democracy, insults the institution of Congress, and more than anything, disgraces this body in the eyes of the American public. As he continues, Congressman Kassar adds to the excellent points he's already raised and asks the question I told you about earlier, which, again, I thought was the question of the entire hearing. This inquiry is a cynical attempt to tar everyone, to make everyone look suspect, make everyone look corrupt, so that voters just give up and say, there's not much difference here. But we cannot give up on discerning truth from propaganda. We cannot give up on our collective governance. Congress is a place where historically people of enormous integrity have throughout history taken on big challenges of inequality, injustice, instability. We can and must impartially look at the evidence before us and have equal justice under the law. 
And the evidence before us shows no wrongdoing by President Biden. We haven't seen that evidence throughout the testimony today. Your own Republican called witnesses have said they haven't seen that kind of evidence. There is separate evidence that supports indictments, unrelated indictments against his son, Hunter, and multiple indictments spanning 91 criminal charges against former President Trump. I, for one, am grateful we have an independent judicial system where a president's son or a former president like Trump can be investigated and prosecuted if they violate the law. It is my firm belief that Hunter and Trump should both face trial and, if guilty, be held accountable for the crimes they've been accused of. Can everyone on the Oversight Committee say the same thing? Well, members of the Oversight Committee, please raise your hand if you believe both Hunter and Trump should be held accountable for any of the indictments against them if convicted by a jury of their peers. Now, just to be clear and to reiterate, the Democratic congressman from Texas, Greg Kassar, just asked, should Hunter Biden and Donald Trump both be held accountable for any of the indictments against them if they are convicted by a jury of their peers? which are the two major hallmarks of our just of our democracy, our judicial system and our justice system, our rule of law. And I'm sure you won't be surprised to learn that every Democrat on the committee raised their hands. Not one Republican did. Not one. Congressman Kassar continued and gave his QOP colleagues multiple opportunities to respond like patriots. Will members of the Oversight Committee please raise your hand if you believe both Hunter and Trump should be held accountable for any of the indictments against them if convicted by a jury of their peers? We can take a minute. No, it's, it's serious. This is a serious matter. If you all need to think about it, we can take a moment and think about it. It is serious. This is very serious. Think well, about the, it. Should both Hunter and well, Trump yield be question? held accountable? I want to see whether you'd raise your hands. Should Hunter and Trump both be held accountable if they are found guilty on any of their indictments? Raise your hand if you think that equal justice under the law applies and Trump should be held accountable. I think it is worse than embarrassing that Republicans won't raise their hands. They refuse to say that equal justice under the law should apply to everyone. Great job, Congressman Kassar. But with all due respect, it is more than embarrassing. It should be disqualifying. A group of people who were sent to D.C. to legislate, a.k.a. write laws, flat out admitting they have no respect for the law or equal justice, law and order, and the rule of law. That is both disgusting, loathsome, and it is shameless. And it demonstrates as clearly as anything else their abject cowardice and acquiescence to the biggest criminal to ever rise to high office. I did love how one Trumper asked him to yield to a question and Kassar just ignored him. And as he further continued, perhaps the stupidest person in Congress decides to rudely interrupt and play the whataboutism game, as well as demonstrate her complete lack of self-control and that she just can't help herself. And I'm referring, of course, to Georgia's embarrassment and shame, Marjorie Trader Trash Eight Toes Green. And again, to his credit, Kassar ignored her too. Once again, Congressman Greg Kassar. I think it is worse than embarrassing that Republicans won't raise their hands. They refuse to say that equal justice under the law should apply to everyone. And when you step back and think about then it, what about the January 6th defendant? It's Chairman, kind of point scary. Of order. This double standard insults the institutions of Congress that people fought and died to build. This impeachment hearing clearly is not about justice. We cannot say equal justice under the law for everyone except for the guy who holds the leash. No, I, I'll, I'll, I'll yield the rest of my time to ranking member Raskin. Boom. The guy who holds the leash. Boom.
And of course, you heard the witless wench herself, MTG drool, what about the January 6th defendants? Her point being the same one she's been making since January 6th, that they were patriots who did nothing wrong and are being untreated unfairly by a weaponized Justice Department, Department under orders from President Joe Biden. In this next clip, Jamie Raskin, the ranking member of the Oversight Committee, smacks MTG's whataboutism down, and then she interrupts again, only this time she offers both whataboutism and she throws in a major false equivalence just for good measure. And at that point, Congressman Kassar jumps back in and asks for his time back that he just gave to Jamie Raskin. And as much as I love and respect Jamie Raskin, I do question him referring to Marjorie Trader Trash A Toes Green as the distinguished gentle lady from Georgia. <laughs> really? I would have been just fine with the harpy fishwife and skank from Georgia. We cannot say equal justice under the law for everyone except for the guy who holds the leash. I'll yield the rest of my time to Ranking Member Raskin. Thank you. I think as you were being interrupted by several colleagues, I heard one question posed by the distinguished general lady from Georgia who said, what about the January 6th defendants, all of whom had lawyers do process the presumption of innocence, and they were convicted of various things, including assaulting federal officers and metropolitan Police. What about as well the as BLM rioters? $2 billion of damage. Mr. Raskin, if I can take my time back. Yeah, so we've back. heard, because it wasn't on the microphones, multiple members saying it's wrong that January 6th writers were convicted by a jury of their peers. That is disturbing. We've started to get used to it, but we can't get used to it. It's scary. Again, the stupidest member of Congress, MTG, and her equally stupid false equivalents. What about the BLM riots and the $2 billion of damages? Okay, what about them? And what MTG is doing here, and what she still hasn't been able to get through her thick skull that really isn't protecting anything either important or functional inside, is that there is no equivalence here. But like so many others, MTG absorbs the stupid false equivalences her right-wing propaganda hate media gives her and just isn't smart enough to scratch beneath the surface wherein she would discover how stupid they are. In this instance, MTG doesn't get that the BLM riots were not attempts to interfere in our foundational transfer of power, nor to overturn an election, nor to destroy our democracy. Also that a shameless dictator wannabe who MTG supports could assume power even though he lost an election that he had admitted he lost. Huge difference, MTG. Ergo, major false equivalence, stupid false equivalents. And I'm sure if she'd been allowed to continue, she'd repeat another lie and say that nothing happened to the BLM rioters when I told you a couple weeks ago that the stats I found, and again, this depends on which source you look at, but estimates range that between 11,000 and 17,000 BLM rioters were arrested in the first two weeks after those protests began. And then there was Congressman Kassar saying at the end, which he said no Republican said on Mike, namely that he thought it was wrong that the January 6th insurrection, oh no, that the QOP said it was wrong that the January 6th insurrectionists were convicted by a jury of their peers. Again, shameful and disqualifying. But all that said, let us not forget first that all the drivel from MTG had less than nothing to do with the question Congressman Kassar asked. And second, let us not forget what we learned thanks to the question Greg Kassar had the brilliance to ask. And it was a simple question and one that should have required no thought whatsoever to answer. Should Hunter Biden and Donald Trump both be held accountable for any of the indictments against them if they are convicted by a jury of their peers, and not one damn Republican on that committee, not one, raised their hands, completely annihilating any trace they might have thought they had left 
to call themselves the party of law and order, who adhere to the rule of law. And again, I thought that was the gem of the entire specious impeachment hearing, period. 221-7283 is our call number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE or SAVE. Who are we going to start with, Justin? And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Proud, liberal, Democrat. Big John. Big John. Big Bad John. Proud, liberal, Democrat. We, we, now, <laughs> we now talk to the show's Big official John. correspondent, Big Bad John. You're first. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. Hey, John. You know, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Steve Schmidt. I know you are, too. Yeah. Uh, and I listened to a podcast uh, over the weekend. Steve Schmidt appeared. I never heard of this guy, the PBD or the PDB podcast. It's some right-wing Trump nut, MAGA nut. Uh, and Steve Schmidt was on there. And, you know, for the first time, I heard uh, an articulate progressive liberal. Uh, and by the way, Steve Schmidt was John McCain's campaign manager. Yeah. Uh, he had some character. Uh, so he uh, he's renounced his uh, Republican Party affiliation and has registered as a Democrat. Oh, nice. Um, and he started to mix it up with uh, one of the guys, you know, started to to spew the, the diarrhea that comes from these MAGA nuts mouths. And Steve Schmidt dropped the F-bomb several times. It was like, uh, you know, F you, uh, you're a, an F and nut. Uh, he just got in their face hard. And that's, look, let's face facts, people. Trump's, his liberty is on the line. Today he's in court. His financial empire is on the line. Trump has everything on the line. He's never going to go away. He's never going to admit defeat. He's going to claim if he wins, everything's great. If he loses, everything's, you know, fixed and fraudulent. There's going to be a fight. That's just, that's just, it boils down to that. It's never going to end until you punch them in the face. And Steve Schmidt, for the first time I've ever heard somebody say right to their face, right in their grill, on the air, on YouTube, uh, he dropped the F-bomb and called the guy nothing nuts. Bravo, Steve Schmidt. And, and, and that's what this guy in Congress needed to do. Look, what these MAGA nutjobs are doing is called the Brandolini effect. It takes a lot more energy and effort to refute a lie than it does to just float one out there. Call it a false equivalency. You know, you're a good man, Doug. You're a conscientious man. You're a well-prepared man. You know, you you have to you have to dig up these facts about the BLM. Uh, uh, the, what happened during the BLM riots in, in the January sixth? It takes a lot of energy to refute Marjorie Taylor Greene and her eight toes just throwing it out there and saying, "What about?" <laughs> Stop it! Just drop the f bomb. We've got to start punching them in the face in real time. And what Kristen Welker did was pathetic, giving Trump a forum. She needed to be able at the at, in real time. Drop the F bomb in front of Trump and punch him in the mouth. That's what needs to happen in America. Hey, I hear you, John. I'm going to run the playing our music. I appreciate the call. Mark, you got the last word. It's a quick one, but it's all yours. You're welcome. Hey, Mark, you got the last word. It's a short one, but it's all yours. Mark? I hear Hello? some. Yeah, you're on the air, Mark. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Hey, just briefly, a couple of things. Uh, when the Republicans refused to raise their hands about uh, convicting Trump uh, by a uh, jury trial and so forth, they broke their oath. They originally took an oath to the Constitution, which includes the right to trial by jury and abiding by those results. So all of them broke their oaths, and they should be forced to resign in, a, in actual uh, real-world terms. Um, so... I just wanted to make that comment that at the point they refused to raise their hands, they're no longer constitutionalists. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Mark, I have to run. I went long today, and the music is almost over, which means I got to get out of here. Folks, we'll do it all over again tomorrow, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.